This is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx Podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. On this episode of Tamarindo, Ana Sheila and I will talk about what our generation has to consider when it comes to becoming a parent. And this episode is edited with the help of Michelle Andrade. Thanks, Michelle. Welcome back to Tamarindo. Hey, y'all. Hey, we're back and we are so energized and excited because we had such a great welcoming to our first to our season our first season of 2020 uh, you all sent us some really nice love notes on our last episode and Sheila, what did you feel about the direct messages and love notes that we got oh i loved it i mean we were so open and so vulnerable and that's something that can be a little bit scary but it was really beautiful to see how that resonated with people and how that was helpful because so many of us are going through our own healing journeys so uh, it was great to to see how how we connected with so many people. That's great. For if you are listening to this podcast for the very first time, you can listen to the last episode. We talked a little bit about well, we talked a lot about grief and um, a little bit about Kobe Bryant and that recent loss. So check that out if you missed it, and um, it just gave us a lot of excitement and energy to dive right into our second episode of the season. Yes. So we always like to talk about catching up when we begin our episode. So. Ana Sheila, ¿qué pasa? What's ¿Qué new pasa? with you? So I'm officially back in LA. Ooh, yeah. we love that. Here's so that just feels so good. So the last three months I, I moved in with my mom after my dad's passing. And, you know, that time was so necessary to be with her and to be together. But, you know, I felt ready to come back to L.A. and pick up my hustle and, and just be here and, and kind of, you know, still healing, but not transitioning the healing to be here in L.A. and, and a different type of, of healing. Well, that's you know great. I mean? We're really, really happy to have you here. And... I'm so touched that you're here on, when you're moving. This is your moving weekend and you're here in the studio. Yeah, so. I mean, it, yeah, it's crazy. I'm finally like almost completely better, like physically. So I've been oh, dealing yes, with the... Oh, yes, by the way, in case you missed it, Ana Sheila was literally like in, in bed during the last episode. So that's a, that's how dedicated we all, we were to <laughs> launching this season. <laughs> and I was literally in bed with the flu. But now I'm like 90% better. But this is like the longest period of sickness that I've had as an adult. It's we're, been We're, we're quite so happy that you're back and... Because you're getting better, I'm going to invite you to my fitness class because what I've been up to is I'm super excited that I started teaching a fitness class. And if you all have been listening to the podcast for a while, Anna Shayla and I have um, had these meetups where we want folks to work out and get physical. I'm sure we'll do another one of those. But I'm just, I feel like so legit because now I'm at a studio. Yeah. So fun. It's called Freestyle Fitness. And I'm putting a plug in because I don't want to be the only one working out with these two viejitos. I need a few more people in my class. So it's on Tuesdays and Fridays at six o'clock in South Pasadena. I'll put a, a little link on our show. Show notes, but mainly I just want to hang out with all of you. And yeah, can we get a matra- Can you give yourself a matraca okay. for that? <laughs> Brenda's like a jack of all trades, but I love that you're just following. You know, all the things that you're doing, all the things that you love. I am, and also I know that we wanted to. As we're catching up, we just uh, some of us actually I avoided watching it, but I know that you might have gotten the highlights of the State of the Union. You had some thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, w- one of the worst things I saw from that was the fact that Trump gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom. To rush Limbaugh, dude, we might have more than one like, basura's in here. Go like, ahead, put I, a into that producer. Like, I feel. I remember when I first heard Rush Limbaugh. It was like so many years ago on the radio. I just happened to stumble upon the, that station, 
And I had never, I was so taken aback because I had never heard such blatant racism, sexism, and hate and amplified. Uh, come out of a voice. And I just remember just being so taken aback. And so to hear that this is the man that we're giving a presidential medal of freedom, that he's now alongside of Mother Teresa and like, yeah. you know, so... Your president is a racist piece of shit. And in case you had any doubt, that's a very perfect example of that. It's horrible. And it really does kind of make you wonder about karma because uh, Rush Limbaugh is dying of lung cancer. Yeah. And you know, the the thing about the thing about him also getting cancer is that he was against the taxing of tobacco and really defied the fact that there is science that backs that smoking is bad for you. And he he didn't care. You know, so he basically in science. They don't believe in science. They don't believe in facts. And sometimes you get what you deserve. So, and not, it's very, no, he doesn't I mean, it's very deserve, sad. He doesn't deserve a Medal of Honor. It does not. <laughs> but, you know, and, but on that, and, and it's been, I feel like, a very tough week in terms of news. I mean, the last several, I mean, it's been a tough, a tough, it's been tough, a tough years. No, 2020. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, January was like the longest year ever, right? Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> That's what everyone's it been is saying. So and, I, true. and I felt that. I really, I was like, wow, like January really has felt like a year. I know it's only February. And um, speaking of a long ass year for, Latinos specifically, we have been just cachetada after cachetada. Our community with a look up American dirt. We talked a little bit about it in the last episode, but that whole debacle of having a white woman decide to tell the story of a Mexican immigrant and making it all about cartels and a bunch of freaking stereotypes. <laughs> like every single one. Ugh, it's horrible. And then as if we needed that, we have Rush Limbaugh, who made his career on hating Mexicans and every other minority, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, getting the Medal of Freedom, whatever. Is it a Medal of Freedom? What medal did he get? Yeah. No, Medal of Caca. And then we got, what else did we get? There's just so much. Then we have, I think there's something called Taco Wood. Have you heard about this, Anna Sheila? I did. I did. Good Lord. I saw I saw what, what the premise was and I was like, really? Like, again? Is this again? the onion? Like, what like, the fuck? In case you all don't know, and we do cuss on this podcast. In case you all don't know, Hollywood has decided to green light a project by a Spaniard this woman is playing a Mexican woman again that has a taco truck in Mexico City. And anybody that's ever been to Mexico City knows that there aren't any fucking taco trucks selling tacos. There's amazing, delicious tacos, but they, they aren't trucks. That's from L.A. So it's complete garbage. And I can go on and on and on. And you know what? I'm really excited. And this is a preview. Obviously, there's so much freaking rage in, that's happening. And you can hear it now. I'm so excited that next episode will be a little bit more chill. And we'll, we'll kind of get back to some of our calma moments. Because right now, well, I am not well, calma. I know. I feel you. But the, <laughs> I, the thing I was actually going to say, and you know, given the tough news that we've had this January, is bringing it back to focusing a little bit on mental health. And so, for example, when Kobe passed, I found myself reading article after article. And it's like at a certain point, you just have to recognize that what you're doing and the same thing with, with state of the union, that you're not really, it's not helping you anymore. You're just kind of getting yourself deeper and deeper into these feelings of sadness and anger and being upset. That's not helpful to you anymore. So just being mindful of like when you get to that point and like, don't read any more articles because you're not learning anything new. So can you recognize when it's not helping you anymore and can you just like is there targeted things that you can do to work on whatever issue 
there is. And the, but you know, stop yourself from well, reading uh, when you need that. I did something specifically to that end. So I was getting into these. I I've been waking up at three a.m. Anybody that looks at Tamarindo's Twitter, you know that I be tw- I be tweeting. She be tweeting. She be tweeting. And uh, getting into all these uh, you know debates because everything is enraging me, including the erasure of Elizabeth Wa- Elizabeth Warren, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So many things that are pissing me off, but. I was spiraling, and one thing I did to be positive is I remembered that Party of Five, a a show depicting a a family impacted by immigration, and I know that I personally know somebody that was consulting on the show, somebody that is from South LA, um, a Mexican-American, who can provide valuable insight, and I remembered, hey, you know, here's a show with a, a Mexican family, which is important because we need to be represented proportionally, impacted by immigration with a Latino director with consulting real Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to support that shit. So please go watch Party of Five because that's what's positive thing that you <laughs> can do. End of rant. End of rant. Anything else to add on your Kipasa segment? Because I, I, think, I think you covered it, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. in the podcast listeners, did you know that we are completely independent? That's right. This is a labor of love. We spend a lot of time because it really, really matters to us to be in your ears. And this is why I want to encourage you to please write a review of Tamarindo the podcast or tell a friend how much you love this podcast because uh, we want more of you listening and we love when you write us a love note. So Anna Sheila, what do you have for me? Here's an example of an awesome review that we received from our listener, Sochil, who says, I love this podcast. Ana Sheila and Brenda are two Latinx mujeres who keep it real and keep us connected. Their synergy is undeniable. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I love that they address current events as well as reminding listeners to stay grounded, being mindful of our overall well-being. Love this aspect of their podcast. Thank you for providing an intelligent, critical, and balanced podcast that focuses on the Latinx community. Much needed and refreshing. Mm. That review makes me feel so fuzzy inside. It's why we do what we do and what inspires us to keep going. We want to bring you the content that we are thinking about, grappling with, excited about. So please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast on Apple Podcasts today. It means so much to us. So today we wanted to talk about something that a lot of our peers have been thinking about. And that is whether to have children or not to have children. To procreate or or not not to procreate. procreate. And it's interesting, right? Because in the past, this was just kind of a natural decision Mm -hmm. that you just knew you were going to have children, right? Because everybody has children. That's just like the thing. That was the thing. That's the thing that you do. And today, that decision is not as clear cut as it used to be in the past. And I think a big reason for that, one of the biggest reasons really is financial. Ain't that the truth? It is expensive. Yeah. And so speaking about the U.S. specifically, Americans are having fewer kids. This is the second year that it's a record low rate. And it's because the cost of having kids is so much higher than it used to be. So I found this figure, I think, in a, in a Merrill Lynch study that we can cite in our no- show notes. It's going to cost parents an average of $230,000 to, to raise a child. Yeah, that shit is expensive. And the thing is, when you consider inflation, the cost is so much higher than it was decades ago. Childcare and pre-college education, for example, comprises 18% of the total cost of, of raising a kid, where that used to be just 2% oh my in God, 1960. That's insane. Can I, side note, I have, 
This is why it's so refreshing that Elizabeth Warren referenced childcare at the debates yesterday. Just a side note. Continue. What did she say? Well, she basically talked about how expensive it is. And specifically, since she's a a former special education educator, she talked about paying those folks that educate early childhood, you know, the babies, living wage. Because I know personally, actually, Anishele and I used to both be on the board of an education nonprofit that, among other services, provided early childhood education, which is vital. And Folks get paid barely the minimum wage. Like you can't actually make a living and it's so important to educate small babies and you can't even be paid a living wage to do that job. Not only that, it's also very expensive to get quality childcare. So it kind of contributes to some of these things that we ought to think about when you're thinking about starting a family. Yeah. So the financial burden is is probably the biggest one. But I think what's also interesting is that I think we're seeing less you know, parent or potential parents having kids because we have more agency than we've ever had in the past, right? To make that type of choice, especially when as women, we end up carrying the larger burden of, of parenting, Both right? physically the nine months and then, and then once the child's here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this, and we're talking mostly right now about hetero couples, right? You're seeing more division, better division of, of labor for sure than in the past. There's still a skew towards women carrying more of that childcare b- burden, taking care of their families. And not only that, but incurring a financial penalty, for deciding to be parents because they're by far the ones that are going to, you know, decide to to work part time so they can more so than, than men to take care of, of, of their kids that yeah. are going to decide that, you know, might actually be discriminated against by employers because they expect them to have, you know, children at a certain point. And so they might not uh, give them certain, you know, pro- uh, job. They pass them up for a raise. I'll give you that. I'm not going to obviously I'm not going to out this friend, but I actually know a specific friend who was basically getting promoted all the time, doing super great in her career, had her first child, took the leave, came back, had her second child and took the leave. And also it just so coincided that in California, you were able to kind of extend your family leave. So she took, it sounds, I don't even want to say the word took advantage because it's not taking advantage. She claimed her right to care and her boss did pass her up for a promotion when she came back and said to her, you made your choice. Wow. Which she could have, and, and, the, and here's something else, and this is what happens too. I told her, you could probably sue this guy. And she was like, you know, it's just not worth it. Like, it's not worth the trouble and the pain and the trauma to go through this shit. I'm going to look for another job. And then she left. So now this company lost great talent because, and, and even though she might've had a case, anyways, this is a, a, just an example of, the, of what you're describing. I'm actually seeing some of my friends experience that they, their career is impacted by their choice to be a mom. Right. And so that's why we, we wanted to talk about this topic today, because especially among Latinos and Latinas, I feel like there is more of this expectation still for us to have children. And so just breaking the stigma around having to be parents, you know, making sure that you're not doing it just because you feel like you have to. And one of the things that I was thinking about is that, you know, people sometimes will say that choosing not to have children is like a selfish choice, right? I have heard that. So what do, what do you think of that? Well, I would argue that it's actually sometimes more selfish to choose to have children, right? Because a lot of times, for many reasons, but one of them being that a lot of people, given their their professional goals or whatever they want to do with their life, they actually don't have enough time to really spend with their children. So are you kind of being selfish by choosing to have children when you don't actually can't really spend enough time with them? 
I mean, I feel that way about my poor dog because I because I work, you know, we work and we get home like at eight o'clock. I feel so guilty. So I can only imagine if it's an actual human being right. that 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 guilt and the and and then too, I also find that some folks that are that choose to procreate or that really really want their own children. They, they're sort of fixated in passing their genes when they could be adopting a child. You know, like, it's very interesting. Of course, everything I say is going to be co- come out as judgment, and it might be. But, like, it's everybody's choice. But these are some of the things, the thoughts that I have, and I'm being authentic here, and I'm sure it's resonating with some of you all listening. Yeah, and so uh, maybe you can expand. I'm wondering a little bit more about your personal considerations and kind of where you where you stand I think it's evolved probably very young, early, early. It just was a matter of fact, like, oh, when I have children, because you're seven years old and that's what you see and you think is going to happen. I'm approaching 38. Am I? I don't forget how old I am. I think I'm approaching 38. <laughs> and so, so it it's becoming more and more of like, well, shit, I think I forgot to have children. And, and I realized that I've instead chosen a path where my I am always uh, I'm looking for the next opportunity or a, a stretch goal for my career. I just recently took on a big role as an executive director of a nonprofit. And it's exhausting. And I can't imagine doing that and then coming home to children. So right now, it doesn't enter my imagination having the capacity, the bandwidth to have children and also to afford it because I live in Los Angeles where it's just extremely expensive. I wouldn't have access to low cost or affordable childcare. I wouldn't have the life that I live, which is going to Mexico whenever I want. So, you know, these are the things that, that are that are contributing to my choice not to have children. But something else that's becoming more and more of a factor for me is really seeing the world around us and it possibly disappearing. And I am not as well versed as most people are about climate change, but it is something that it's becoming more and more front and center of all of our lives, we're living it like our it's freaking February and we're in tank tops right now because it's so damn hot in this room. So clearly we're all living it. And I want to actually pull out a quote from a uh, very cool article that you all should read. This is Roxanne Gay's review of West Side Story. And what does this have to do with my comment about parenting? Well, it's this, because this is from her review. She says, there's a generation of young people who must deal with a burning planet, unchecked gun violence that is somehow supposed to abate with the power of thoughts and prayers, unchecked police brutality, the erosion of privacy, the downfall of democracy, stagnant wages and limited job opportunities, staggering student loan debt, healthcare as a privilege instead of a right. Yes, this is the world that we're in. Do I really want to add another body into this planet that is melting before our eyes? No. So that's another reason that I don't want to have children is that I just don't feel that it's it's the responsible thing to do. And one more little factoid that I just recently learned, there's something called Earth Overshoot Day, which is a symbolic date on which humanity's consumption for the year outstrips Earth's capacity to regenerate those resources that year. And that that calculated date is getting earlier each year. It is July 29th. That's what it was in 2019. And in, for reference, in 1999, it was September 29th. So that means that we will consume all of the Earth's 2020 resources before the year ends, the year 2020 ends. So all of these things um, have really made me pretty solid on my choice not to have children. Now, that being said, I have so many friends that have beautiful, darling children and that are wonderful parents. And in fact, a few episodes ago, we had one of our favorite friends who was a mother of three. And she really talked about how having children 
actually made her better in her career because it really motivated her to kick some more ass and just keep earning and being a role model for her kids. So I think there's obviously different perspectives. So um, what about you? What are the thoughts that you have? Yeah, so I am leaning towards having children. And and, and, and that's been a tough decision for me. And I think part of the reason is for some of the things that, that you mentioned, and and also just I'm a little I'm a few years younger than you, but also in, in my 30s, and feeling that pressure of having to decide this really quickly. But at this point in time, I'm so happy that I do not have children. Right, this and very I wish, moment, right? and I wish that you know, I, I'm so happy that I'm not married and have children. Could not be happier. But there's that kind of time pressure yeah. around. I, you know, I wish I was a dude so I had a little bit more. It's not wiggle. fair, right? Because that's the thing is, it's not fair. And in this in this economy, it takes so much longer for women and men to get their footing. And we don't have women don't have that luxury of wait, putting it off a little bit longer. Um, right. I am curious about this choice and what it means because I know earlier we talked about a lot of stats on for heterosexual couples. So how does how does this um, desire to become a parent? Tell us a little bit about what that means for you as a as a gay woman. I think the good thing about as as I consider you know becoming a parent is that I'm grateful that I at least by default won't have some of those dynamics where just generally the woman takes more of um, you know the the burden of of childcare. Like I'm looking forward to being able to decide what that those parenting dynamics look like together, starting from scratch rather than ha- they're having that expectation. And I think the other thing that I think is is making me feel a little bit better as I work through this decision is that although I was thinking, you know, I was given this body biologically, and so I've, I have at points felt that maybe I'm supposed to experience giving birth because it does seem, although it seems terrible to me, <laughs> right? But I, it also, I know people are so free to tell you how what the experience is that. Um, but I, but you're right that there is that there is that element of like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh shoot! Like I, it sounds magical too, right? It sounds so like magical to bring a being into this world, even if it's a world right now that is in, you know, in, in a difficult. But but so I thought that maybe I would like to experience that, but only would do that one time. Like it's, I would not do that more than one time. But I'm also now I'm I'm grateful that potentially because of my age and when I don't know when this will happen and if it happens that it might it doesn't have to be that way like there are poss- there are options that I have whether I do get to carry and she gets to carry or maybe she ends up being the person that carries because they're she's at an age that makes that, that makes that, sense for that makes more yeah. more sense so I think that there's just like different options that I get to consider that make this decision a little bit easier to to work through but I think one of the reasons that I also was was concerned, like I was like, can I be a mom? Is because, you know, as a Latina, you know, being socially raised as a Latina woman, I feel this pressure to be a certain type of mom. Oh, and interesting. Because I think that, you know, and this is a generalization, but especially Latina moms, I feel we grew up this with this idea that te tienes que sacrificar for your kids, you know? So like, and my mom... 
and, and, and this is true. And like, again, this is generalization, but it's true with my, my mom is an incredible mom and the women in my family. I see that like San Secretary got like excessively, like at, at points, you know, living for their children mm-hmm. and for their family, whether it's taking care of their kids, taking care of the larger family, taking care of their, like my grandparents, you know, all the women in my family, like literally their number one job, even they, they all had had regular jobs too, but the number one job is their family. Mm-hmm. And so feeling like, I can only be a mom if I can me puedo sacrificar like completely for my kids. And so that's been a really tough thing to like, it's to let go of that kind of pressure. Cause I love also just like, I'm a perfectionist. So it's like, well, I don't know that I want to sacrifice my whole life for my kids, you know? Yeah. It's such a big choice. It's, it's yeah, it's scary. Right. But I'm feeling like there is this consciousness around that kind of that way of thinking that we realize that that's not a healthy way to look at having kids because if you make your whole life about your kids then when your kids enter adulthood it's like you lose your sense of purpose you know so it's but yeah that that pressure of being that certain type here that I think that women in particular feel much more pressure and also more judged when we're not meet a certain level of like what you need to be as a as a parent yeah the judgment part is heavy because there's so many opinions about the way you should raise your child there's so many books and one book contradicts the other book and there is a lot of judgment and um so it, it that that really seems like a big heavy lift i do want to read a little bit of we did get some folks to chime in a little bit about what their thoughts are when it comes to becoming a parent So let me read to you a um, note that we got from some of our fans that were reacting to our questions about parenthood. So this person said, her name is Karen, relatives that have kids say that I will regret not having them. I'm proudly 31, but I know that won't be the case for me because it's not something I've ever dreamed of. I've also made this clear in relationships so that the other person doesn't have a false expectation. uh, And if he, she wants kids, they can go look for that person somewhere else. The only thing that truly bothers me is when people think that parenthood is part of the formula for happiness. Happiness looks different for everyone and it should be respected. Plus, kids are also an investment. And after my parents immigrated to this country to give my siblings and me more opportunities, I'd prefer to give them a good retirement. Isn't that a nice perspective? Like Mm -hmm. don't spend your money on your kids, but instead give your parents a nice retirement. Mom and dad, maybe I'll do that. Right. Um, And then she has, at the end of the day, I like my life the way it is, and I'm not willing to change it. And and no, it's not selfish. Some people only have kids because they're worried about who will take care of them when they get older. But having kids doesn't guarantee anything. I'm happy with checking into retirement home once the time comes and reminisce of all the fun experiences and life lessons that I learned throughout the years. Besitos, Karen. Aw, that's really sweet that she took the time to read that. But I have to say... And this makes me a big old hypocrite. I have also sometimes thought about the end of life. And that is something that makes me think, fuck, maybe I want someone to take care of me. That does make me worried a little bit about (laughs) what will I do when I'm super old and I'm old and alone in a house full of puppies. <laughs> that does make me a little bit nervous. And, and it is something that makes me think about, oh shit, maybe that's, that is a plus to having children. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many considerations. Right. And, and, and it's not just about you. Like, I, I like that she mentioned she want, wanting to take care of her parents, right? Because there's just so many things you have to give up in order to, when you decide to become a parent and other people that are involved in it. Like, one of the things that I think about also is, you know, it's not just you raising your kids a lot of times. It's like you're going to have to get childcare somehow, right? And so that might mean that it's not just you, especially for, for a lot of Latinos, we depend on our moms. 
Like, is your mom going to be on board with helping take care of the kids? Because a lot of times abuelitas spend more time taking care of the, the kids than the actual parents do. Yeah, and don't right? assume, you know, and so, and don't, and don't, be, and don't assume. And then assume. She might be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just wants to go to the spa, maybe. It's just, it's, it's a, yeah. And so <laughs> just being, I, I'm grateful that now, you know, we're breaking the stigma and we can just be more intentional about deciding whether or not to to have children and yeah so. and you know what we haven't talked about here is that for some people it's actually not a choice right and, and also I think, yeah that's a good i'm glad that you brought that yeah, up yeah for some people it is it is not a choice and i think that we ought to be gentle when we bring this issue up this is why we wanted to have a podcast about it because we we val- we realize how um you all connected to being vulnerable and being authentic so we are having this authentic controversial not maybe controversial conversation i meant <laughs> we'll to say find com- out if it's controversial. i meant to say conversation but then controversial came out, it actually works but we uh, we really ought to be thoughtful about even me, right? Because I do, obviously, you all heard me. I, I can come off kind of a, like a judgmental asshole about people that, that do choose to have children. And, um, and I don't mean to. I really want you to kind of just get a glimpse to what's processing in my head as I'm considering it. But, you know, you do you, boo. But there's also many people that, that actually cannot have children. And when we say things very mindlessly, like, when are you and Jeff going to have children? Like adding the when, like, bitch. First of all, I don't want any. And second of all, there's actually very significant complications if I choose to have children. And that could be the case for many others. And there's many that have had many miscarriages, and we don't ever talk about that enough. And I also have had friends that whose spouse is the one that's not able to produce sperm, for instance, and how, how there's always this judgment about the woman, like, what is wrong with you? When there's, there's a couple people involved right. in this process. Right. And sometimes it's not, <laughs> a couple people. It's not just you. So there's, there's a lot lot to it. So it's a very, there's a very complex issue. But one thing that is true, and maybe you have something else to add, but one thing that is true, and we're going to get to this list, is that what is the case is that there are significant financial considerations, which we talked a little bit about, but this, this, that, that make this generation particularly challenged to address this decision is how financially strapped we are. So did you want to add one more thing before? We yeah, get yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that's obviously something that, well, something that I'm thinking about, right? It's being financially secure enough to have children. For the people that are, you know, considering having children, and now leaning towards, yes, um, you mentioned, you know, the tough world that, we're, that we would be bringing children into now. But I think that for people that are being conscious about this decision, it's also an opportunity to think about bringing in these children and, and how you want to raise them and the yeah. type of the way that you can raise them to have an impact to really change this world. Because I do think even though things do look dire, I, I do see hope. And so I think that as p- conscious parents, like, you know, just making sure that the right type of parents are bringing in children into this world because we can help change it. Yes. Right? So, so let's go to our list of, uh, that is true. The, the, the next couple of saviors are in someone's womb right now. Tell us what are some of the financial considerations that those that do want to have children. So expect potential career interruptions and, you know, being able to plan accordingly for that. You have to ensure thinking about adequate health, life and disability insurance coverage, designating guardians Ooh, for minor padrino, children. Padrino, but right, like a exactly. One. <laughs> yes. Create a will, power of attorney, health care proxy and medical directives. Working with a financial advisor to re-examine your goals and update your financial plans and investments accordingly when you decide to have One children. One thing about that, um, that reminds me of something. I do have a friend that is now working with the very, very net, like high wealth people. And these people that are high wealth, they have a savings account for their unborn daughter's wedding. That's wow. what rich people are That's doing. That's what rich people so are doing. So let's just plan a little bit. Right. 
Yeah, planning ahead for your children's education. So considering a tax-efficient 529 savings plan. Starting to think more about your budget and managing your expenses, having an emergency fund, saving for long-term goals, and then continuing to contribute to your health savings account, your 401k and your IRA. So just really make sure that if you are going to have kids, that your finances are in order and will continue to be in order as you as you have kids. Yep, because that 250 plus right. is a lot right, of money. Right, right. And the last thing I want to say is that one of the things that I've been thinking about as I you know consider becoming a parent is that one thing I would want to make sure I do before becoming a parent is I've actually never been to a, I've never seen a therapist before and it's something that I've been wanting to do and you know had on my checklist of things to do because I think that we all have issues that could be we would be well served from working through them with a therapist right but what better time to make sure you do that than before you have kids because if we could limit the amount of trauma that we're passing to our kids like wouldn't that be wonderful that would be wonderful <laughs> and yeah and therapy is fantastic for any time you're going to have a big decision like that yeah. and this is a big decision and a friend that I love and admire, she went to a therapist for a whole year before she made this choice of deciding to have children. Mm-hmm. She did, I love that. She ended up deciding to have a beautiful son. And I know that she had the perspective that I had before. And now she's a, a parent. And she did say, you know what, this 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 beautiful face gives me hope for the world. Yeah. So maybe it'll warm my bitter cold heart to be a tia. <laughs> <laughs> to be a tia. I'm a new tia. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm sure that helped. Seeing, yeah, yeah, Seeing a yeah. brand new oh, little baby. Oh my God. I had never felt anything like it. Like Super seeing, cute baby. So that's how I, you know. Like, She's oh, a tia. Okay, matraca to the new tia. Yeah, madrina too. Oh, well, not, madrina. Not yet, not okay. yet, pero madrina. Okay. Madrina to be. Yay. <laughs> Shayla, have you heard of Fuchila Fresheners? Yep, you heard that correctly. It's Fuchila Fresheners, as in Fuchila, your feet smell, or Fuchila, your car smells like feet. It's the original, nostalgic, Chicano, Latinx car and roof fresheners for your everyday life. Like those little trees, but for the culture. Yes, and I love them. They have designers like Frida and Pancho Villa. Conchas are my personal favorite, Hot Cheetos. But they don't just stop at air fresheners. They bring the fuchi with nostalgic collectibles such as pins, stickers, and even panaderia style calendars. Oh my gosh, I love their stuff. Right now, Fuchila is offering a special promo for all Tamarindo listeners for 20% off your purchase with the code TAMARINDO20. That is TAMARINDO20. You can purchase all your Fuchila fresheners and gear at fuchilafresheners.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at fuchilafresheners. Welcome to the Fuchila family. And just in case you don't know how to spell Fuchila, it's F-U-C-H-I-L-A. Fuchila Fresheners. It is time for our Matraca and Basura segment. This is super fun. We love this. We love this. Sometimes people nominate shit for La Basura. I already referenced it earlier. One of our listeners did talk about taco wood. What a mess. But I have um, my Basura and my Matraca. Tell me, Brenda, what is it? I'll start us off. I actually have a Disney Plus and a Disney Minus. (laughs) So first, actually, I want to start with with the Basura first. The Disney Minus. So this goes in La Basura and, and um, it's Disney, but, but also all kinds of examples. Some of you might have seen that uh, recently Disney, there's a Disney Plus channel, and they've been doing a lot of these like live action films. And I recently watched the live action Lady and the Tramp. And of course, you know, I love the dogs and all that. So all of that is cute. But I know there's like this concerted effort at Disney to um, have more diversity and inclusion. Clearly, 
That is a directive. They're working on it. But I really don't like setting things in, let's say, I mean, Lading and Trump is set in, I don't know, 1899, who knows, early, like 1910, who knows, long time ago. It's set in that time period. And without, I just don't think it's accurate or, or helpful to set it in that time period. And then suddenly there is no racism. So I'm referring specifically to an interracial couple. Is a it's an interracial couple. There's all these interracial families uh, hanging out. The like the aunt mm-hmm. that's bad is like you know it's a black auntie. All of that is like it's cool, but why don't you just set it in modern times? Right. And and I really think it's a dangerous path to do all these remakes because it was already made in the past in a world that was imperfect. So when you do these remakes. It just, you're going to kind of perpetuate the same racism or it's going to come off ridiculous like it did with Lady in the Trap. So that is a Disney minus and that goes in La Basura. And I'm going to add to it uh, because another example of doing diversity and inclusion wrong is Barnes and Noble in their effort to have more diversity and inclusion is changing the cover of classical literature with diverse faces. So they have Frankenstein is black or they have, um, you know, Asian American little women. I'm not even sure if that's an example, but that's what they try to do. That is not the way to do it. Just write new shit, get new people of color to write new material and lift up those examples. That oh, being I feel said, you. Matraca. Matraca no, for that. No, basura. This is still the basura. Well, well, I still, but I want to give you, um, I want to give you a matraca you. for that. <laughs> I'll give myself. I'm, I'm operating the matraca, so I, I end up giving them to myself. But on the Disney Plus side, so there's, that okay. was a Disney minus. There we go. That went into a here's Barnes the, here's and Noble the balance. minus. Let's hear Disney the Disney Plus. Plus. I also recently saw Star Wars because I love Baby Yoda and it made me want to love Star Wars. And so we went to go see the new Star Wars, which I liked. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it. And this is where diversity and inclusion can be done in a great way because it's set in space, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's fictional. So right. you don't have that problem of right. like, you know, settings. But okay, so yeah, that's one That's one way. You can do um, the diversity and inclusion in sci-fi. Right, you can fantasy. do diversity and inclusion in the future. You can yeah. do it all in mm-hmm. modern, set in modern times. So of course, Star Wars is fictional um, in, you know, space. And if you pay attention, you'll see that even in the bad guy for both the bad guys and the good guys, or bad women and bad uh, good women, there's a lot of more women that are in, like, so let's say there's like, like a, a conference room table and it's all the generals, you'll see that there's women and that they have speaking roles. So Disney's be- being very intentional ah, about that. I love there's that. Obviously, there's the general who is, you know, Princess Leia. There's, of course, the, you know, the main lady. Uh, what's her name? Rio or whatever. Whatever her name Sorry. is. She's a woman. <laughs> Can't help either. Um, and now, the, the, you know, the squad is a Latino guy, a black guy, a white woman, and then like some robots. It's so, it's so, it's like, it just feels more natural. It feels more natural, but it's intentional. Intentional, like, intentional, you see them right. speaking, there's also a lesbian kiss. So it is just, that's the way to do it right. And it's, it's, it's those minor things. Like, yeah. really pay attention. Like, you, do you have women in leadership represented? Do they yeah. have speaking roles? And also, there's different body people, because I remember seeing a very fat guy. One of these people that's a stormtrooper. He was real fat. Yeah. And at first I was like, he doesn't look like he could do that. But then I was like, you know what? Why this not? is about different, yeah. ab- different abilities. No, I, so it's funny. Well, those are the types plus. of things that you don't, you, you, we wouldn't even think about, you know, because yes. we take, we take certain things for, for granted. Exactly. Right? And even me being a jerk and saying that guy's fat noticing is obviously me being um, part of this society in which we notice things like that. So that's a, a, a basura for me. But that's my Disney plus and my Disney minus rant. So what about you, Ana Sheila? What my goes basura. in la basura? And, and, my the, and the matraca. For you. So for my basura, 
And I feel like we're not really using this term as much anymore, but I heard another podcast references and I was like, oh my God, I've been trying to figure out why I don't like this word. And so I want to jump on the bandwagon and put the word woke and wokeness in the basura. Controversial. Controversial. Tell us more. And so the reason I want to do that is because I feel that when you call yourself or label label other people woke, you're basically saying that you've achieved this less level of like mastery of like being this type of person that there is that you're first of all, you think that you're better than other people, right? But I do, and Ashayla, I do. <laughs> but 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 also, but separate from that, you, that there isn't any more room for growth. And we always have room for growth and to become more quote unquote woke, right? And because just, you know, we might have really understand a certain experience really well, but that doesn't mean we understand all experiences really well. And so there's always room for for learning and for being more humble in, in, in how we evaluate ourselves and our impact. And so right, that's why so I'd like to put... En la basura. Yes. And then for my matraca, I actually want to put dignidad literaria and oh. also one of the spearheaders of this i guess camp i don't want to call it campaign but i can't think of a better word right now um movement i suppose uh, me, uh medium oh i have to find her last gurba i think is go. what it medium is gurba. just because I, I was i'm i'm so impressed with what she and, and that group were able to do and bring to light because when i first started reading it i thought it was maybe just kind of like in our circle you know like the people were talking about it in, in the latinx circle but to see what kind of mainstream and amplified effect that their activism has created is like really impressive and i'm like oh shit like we as latinos can actually like bring about you know, change. And yes, so, right. And so I think they, they read, they read a statement on behalf of Macmillan, which I believe is a big publisher, um, where they commented on their dedication to increasing, uh, Latinx representation, both like at the, you know, publishing level, but also in terms of like the, the writers that they, you know, however, however that process works, however they find. Yeah. They're going to get, they're going to open up a few doors because of their activism and leadership and their, Years, because um, yeah. even though the dignidad literaria that hashtag might be new for me at least, uh, yeah. I think it's it's it represents years of efforts to get more yeah. more Latinos published. So yes, yeah. matraca to all of that. We got a lot in that episode. Yes, we did. yes. So uh, thank you, everybody. We can't wait. We actually, you know, to balance all that, all the rage of this episode, <laughs> we're gonna have a super exciting next episode in which we'll, you know, bring back la calma. La calma. So, hasta luego. Hasta la próxima. Chao. Chao. Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino with sound engineering by Jeff DeVoe. If you were a fan of the show, we hope you will rate and review Tamarindo on Apple Podcasts or share Tamarindo Podcast with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on the gram at Tamarindo Podcast or on Twitter at Tamarindo Cast and find us at tamarindopodcast.com.
Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our start up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.